Welcome to Critical Issues Commentary, the podcast ministry of Gospel of Grace Fellowship, a non-denominational Christian church in St. Louis Park, Minnesota. This is Jessica Kramis, your host for today, and I'm bringing you part seven of a series of messages that Pastor Eric Dauma taught called The Tale of Two Cities, The World Builds Babylon. In this episode, he is going to show us how Marxism truly is a religion. Here's Pastor Eric. I want you to remember that last week we had talked about this one world religion and what would comprise it. I talked about the fact that it would be comprised of pantheistic spirituality, Marxism, and environmentalism, and we covered the first two, but I wanted to hit the last one here today. Now, regarding environmentalism, what I mean by that in particular is the movement that is asserting that the world is going to be destroyed through CO2 all because of man. Now, uh, one, of my, one of the things I want you to see is that environmentalism is really natural to the Marxists for two reasons. Number one, because they love to redistribute wealth. Remember, part of the Marxist religion is to take from the haves and give to the have-nots, and they view the United States and the Western world as the bourgeoisie, the haves. So they want to redistribute our wealth. The second reason why Marxists love environmentalism is they believe it creates a crisis so that they can build a one-world global government. In fact, there was a famous saying, I've heard, I don't know who started it, but that the global warming movement and environmentalism is much like a watermelon. That's why I have this goofy slide on the screen. Yes, it's green on the outside, the environmental movement, but it's really communist red on the inside. And that's a visual that I want you to keep with you as you go out the door today. Now, I want to talk about this communist connection to the global warming movement, and I want to address the issue, how did they come to it? And that's because if you look at the communist movement today, environmentalism, in order to create the conditions necessary for global government, communists really have manufactured the crisis of global warming. But how did they get into it? That was a question that I had to answer. Well, the answer that came to me through all my research was, Karl Marx, remember, he grows up in the 1800s. And as he's growing up, he's a reader of a man named Justus von Liebig. Now, von Liebig was a German scientist who was also a pantheist. In fact, he was into something called German Romanticism. Now, what is German Romanticism? It's not people writing, you know, sweet poems with hearts on them. Romanticism was the idea of returning God to nature. In giving up on the idea of knowing a transcendent God, the God of the Bible, cognitively through the scriptures, instead, they wanted to know the God of nature, hence pantheism, and they would do it instinctually and through imagination. Well, what von Liebig taught, one of the things he taught, was that he was disgusted, in his own words, with the way that the Western world was using uh, different types of fertilizer, for example, because if you had more fertilizer, you'd have more crops, therefore you could have more people, and that would destroy his pristine world. That was his view. Marx grabbed onto that and said, yes, it's these capitalist societies like Great Britain. They are the ones who are exploiting the environment, all for the sake of the bourgeoisie, the haves. And it's at that time, in the early 1800s, that Marx realized that he could use environmental policy to tamp that down. That's how it all began, so much so that by the time you get to the 1917 Bolshevik Revolution, when the communists and Marxists take over in Russia, 
They want to nationalize all of the resources of the land. Why? Well, because Lenin and Stalin, they don't want any single individual or individual company to be able to use the land and its resources to make an evil profit. And so, therefore, they nationalize it, and so they become environmentalists. That's what they end up doing. And so capitalism is seen at this time really by the Marxists as an offshoot of Christianity, something that exploits nature and all for the purpose of the haves in in attacking really the have-nots. That's what they see. So now by the time we get to the 1970s, the UN is laden with Marxists who have all of these same views. In fact, that's where they institute in 1970 the Earth Day. That's the great holiday now for the Marxists. But there was also something that in the 1970s the Marxists in the UN came up with that's of interest to us. And that was the Global Biodiversity Assessment. And in that assessment, what they declared was that Christianity was no longer to be the favored religion. Why? Because we don't care about nature, whereas the pantheist religions do. In fact, listen to what they said. This is from their biodiversity assessment. It said, quote, Conversion to Christianity has therefore meant an abandonment of an affinity with the natural world. They didn't like Christianity from the very beginning of the environmental movement. Why? Because capitalism was an offshoot of Christianity, and we believe that people made in the image of God can use resources from the land. They wanted to put that to an end. In fact, I don't know anybody in here probably, I've never heard of this name myself. His name was Maurice Strong. Anyone heard of that name? Some of you have. I'm surprised. I didn't know him. He was a UN General Secretary of Human Environment. In 1976, at the UN, listen to what he said. He said this, quote, he said, private land ownership is a principal instrument of accumulating wealth and therefore contributes to social injustice. Stop there for just a moment. Yes, they were all about social justice and injustice back then. That's all because of the Marxist move to take away from the haves and give to the have-nots. He concluded by saying this, public control of the land is therefore indispensable. Unquote. The Marxists didn't want anyone to be able to own land. They didn't want businesses to be able to use land and its resources for the making of a profit. Fast forward to 1988. That's where the IPCC was created, the International Panel on Climate Change. And they existed for two reasons. Number one, to redistribute wealth from the have countries, the bourgeoisie countries, America in the West, and take that money and give it to what they considered the have-not countries. Second reason why it existed was to stop the exploitation of the Earth's resources by these Christians who didn't care at the end of the day about the environment in their view. Brothers and sisters, what I want you to see is that environmentalism has really always been about, since the 1970s from the UN, and even dating before that, It's been about redistribution of wealth. That's what the religion is ultimately all about. Now, I want to give you a quote here from a woman. Her name is Natalie Grant. Um, She married again, so her last name was Raga. She died in 2002. She made it to 101 years. But she was a woman who grew up in Russia. And in 1917, when the Bolsheviks came to power, her and her family fled. 
She ended up immigrating to the United States, and she was one of the key resources used by the CIA and the State Department during the Cold War to help the United States and the West understand Soviet propaganda and misinformation. She was the guru on that. She was the best thinker. Listen to what she said about the environmental movement. The woman who the CIA and the State Department listened to more than any other about what the Soviets were up to. She said this. She said, protection of the environment has become the principal tool for attack against the West and all it stands for. Protection of the environment may be used as a pretext to adopt a series of measures designed to undermine the industrial base of developed nations. Brothers and sisters, the woman who knew Soviet propaganda more than any other said, what was the global warming movement about? Redistribution of wealth. Now, let's say you're out there and you're listening to this and you don't buy into my conservative views and you don't think Natalie uh, Grant Raga had anything to offer. Well, maybe you'll believe the UN in their own words. Listen to what Dr. Otmar Ednoffer, he was the co-chair of the IPCC. Now, again, those are the people who are in charge of the climate change and global warming initiatives to protect the environment at the UN. Listen to what he said in 2010. He said, quote, We redistribute de facto the world's wealth by climate policy. One has to free oneself from the illusion that international climate policy is environmental policy. This has almost nothing to do with environmental policy anymore. Dear ones, this is not some conservative talk show host on the radio. This is the man who's in charge telling us in our own words, right from the UN, that what environmental policy is about is redistribution of wealth. That's what the religion is about. And yes, they are going to redistribute wealth. Anybody notice the gas prices going up? Isn't that interesting? I almost took a picture about two months ago when it was $1.87. And I told my family, I said, now that the Marxists are in control, you watch the gas prices go up. Well, I just drove by one of the gas pumps today. It was $2.79. Why? Because they don't like you using resources. And it's going to keep going up. How many know that we're probably going to end up having to pay for a carbon tax? What is a carbon tax? Well, the average American emits 20 metric tons of CO2 per year. What the UN and the Marxist elites in America would like to do is charge us roughly about $20 per metric ton that you consume every year. And so the idea then is the average American would pay about $400 in taxes. If you have a family of four, that would be about $1,600 in taxes every year. Why? Because they want to redistribute the wealth from you, the haves, and give it to the have-nots. That's the religion of environmentalism and global warming. Now, let me talk about the pantheistic connection. I think this is easier to understand. Marxism, why do they necessarily like environmentalism? Well, I showed you. But pantheism, it's easy. Why? Because they worship the oneness of God. God is everything. There's no distinction between the creator and the creation. So when you use resources, you exploit them, it's an attack on the sacred to them. But what's shocking is that so many Christians now are developing a pantheistic worldview. What I'm going to show you is a quote from a scholar at a seminary in Georgia. It's Decatur, Georgia. It's called Columbia Seminary. That's where a lot of the Presbyterian Church USA pastors come out of. 
His name is Stanley Saunders, and he's taking issue, or at least addressing, an article named essentially, excuse me, it's written by a man named Lynn White, Jr. But what you're going to see is this scholar agrees with it, and he's supposed to be a Christian. He says this, this article is essentially accurate. Listen to what he says. Again, Stanley Saunders from Columbia Theological Seminary. He says, quote, Christians in the modern West have read the Bible as showing that God is separate from nature, dualism, that humans are the only figures in creation made in the image of God, he calls that anthropocentrism, and that creation exists ultimately for human sake, human chauvinism. These perspectives have led to indifference at best and sometimes even hostility toward nature. This Christian scholar, quote-unquote, from this seminary agrees with this. He says this is essentially accurate. So what Saunders is really taking issue with is he's taking issue with the way that God has ordained his creation. He's taking issue with the Bible itself. In fact, I want you to notice here, at the very beginning, I want to pull up my pointer, notice in red, he doesn't like the fact that God is separate from nature. He essentially agrees with this, he says. It shouldn't be that God is separate from nature. Brothers and sisters, that means we no longer have a distinction between the creator and the creation, which is what the Bible teaches. Uh, look at Genesis 1.1, Hebrews 11.3. These are all passages that show us, no, everything was made by God. Everything that was visible was made by that which was invisible. Everything. Now, notice what he says about humanity. If you believe that humans are uniquely made in the image of God, he calls that anthropocentrism. You're man-centered. And then, what's more, you're a human chauvinist. Now, this is where the Marxists and the pantheists get along very well. See, they love to divide people between the haves and the have-nots, but now they're doing it between humans and the rest of creation. You see, if you believe that humans are made in the image of God, you're being a chauvinist against the other have-nots, the proletariat, which is the animal kingdom. So now you have a divide between us humans, the haves, and the animals, which are the have-nots. That's how distorted this has all become. And don't miss this. What this supposedly Christian seminary professor is saying is that it's really wrong for human beings made in the image of God to use natural resources. Brothers and sisters, this is the same ideology that really drove the Nazi party. Now, I don't say this lightly. People who think that the right wing today really resembles what the Nazis were in the 1940s, they don't know what they're talking about. What primarily drove Nazism was the belief in Liebenstrom, which is the idea that the Germanic people had to create living space and they were rabid environmentalists. For example, let me give you an example of a man who was the favorite philosopher of Adolf Hitler. His name was Arthur Schopenhauer. Arthur Schopenhauer was also a German romanticist. He had returned God to nature. He was a pantheist. And he said in one of his writings that Europe had to get rid of the Jewish odor. The reason why is because the animals he thought were going to be in jeopardy in all of nature because the Jews and the Christians believed that humans were made in the image of God and could use natural resources and therefore would always exploit them. And so this is why 
the Jews had to be rounded up. Six million of them ended up being killed because of this rabid environmentalism. Now, there were Christians, certainly, who also were killed, like Dietrich Bonhoeffer, but sadly, the church in Germany had largely capitulated to Hitler. Why? Because it was weakened through the neo-Orthodox movement, really a movement that was the precursor to the emerging church that we have today. But no, it was the Jews who would not give up, rightly so, on Genesis chapters 1 through 9, believing that humans were made in the image of God, and therefore they had to be put to death. Because otherwise, how could they get back to living a natural life? Why am I saying this to you? Because as your sons and daughters grow out to college, or maybe they've already been there, they're going to hear in the halls of academia and in the classrooms that Nazism is a right-wing phenomenon. Those who say that are either ignorant or they're lying. They don't know what they're talking about. Nazism connected two left-wing doctrines that are believed today, Darwinian evolution and rabid environmentalism. That's what drove it. Let me ask you today. Who believes in Darwinian evolution, the right-wing conservative evangelical scholar or the left-wing academic on campus? Well, it's the latter. Let me ask you the question, who believes in rabid environmentalism and pantheism like the Nazis did? Your right-wing conservative evangelical scholar or your left-wing professor in academia? It's the latter. No, Nazism is a left-wing phenomenon. People will say, well, wait a minute, Eric, why is that? How can that be true? Didn't the communists and the Nazis fight? Oh, yes, they fought, but so do the Sunnis and the Shiites, and they have a lot in common. People who have a lot in common often fight. In fact, they often fight more. No, the Nazis were a left-wing phenomenon, and we need to know that today. It's a lie to say that people today on the right think like Nazis, all the while the left have the same doctrines. Let's get to a biblical worldview. God gives us this in the chapters of Genesis. Genesis 1, 27 through 28. Notice it says here, God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. God blessed them, and God said to them, be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth and subdue it and rule over the fish of the sea, and over the birds of the sky, and over every living thing that moves on the earth. Now, dear ones, notice in blue, God creates man in his image, and mankind, Adam, is comprised of male and female. So, men and women comprise mankind, and we are uniquely those who bear the image of God, and this is true from the moment of conception. At the moment of conception, Men and women are image bearers of God. We don't have to earn it. We don't live up to it. We are those who have it intrinsically because of who we are. And so this is why in Scripture, what you'll find is that human beings are protected, but animals can be killed for food. We see this in Genesis chapter 9, verse 3. Genesis 9, 3, God gives every animal. How many animals? Every one for human beings for food. But just three verses later, God says in Genesis 9, 6, If a man sheds a man's blood, so by man shall his blood be shed. That's the institution of human government. Human government is designed to protect humans. 
when the left takes over and the environmentalists take over, they believe that government is designed to protect the environment from humans. What's the role of government? To protect humans. What does the left say? No, the role of government is to protect the environment from humans. It's a huge difference. And people wonder why there's such strife in our world today. That's why. We can't get along with this. We can never go along with that. Why? Because God has spoken once and for all. Now, look at what God says about human beings. What are we to do? We're to be fruitful and to multiply. That means, yes, we are to procreate, and yes, we are to fill the earth. And it's not a sin to have children. Uh, Jessica Kramitz was kind enough to send me a couple of articles from environmentalists this week, which were shocking. Listen to these headlines of these articles that are being put out in our society today. One of them was entitled this, quote, Having children is one of the most destructive things you can do to the environment, say researchers. Notice not much of a biblical worldview. They don't care what God has said. Second one that she sent me, unbelievable. Listen to this headline. Quote, babies are cute, but they're really not eco-friendly. You probably didn't know that. Brothers and sisters, you and I have to stand against these things. This is an attack on God, and it's an attack on humanity. Humanity itself made in the image of God. Now, one thing I want to point out as well is God gives a command here that we are not only to be fruitful and multiply, but notice we are to subdue the creation. We are to subdue the earth. The term subdue there is an imperative verb of kavash. Kavash. And what does kavash mean? It means just that. It means to subjugate. In fact, in 1 Chronicles 22.18, it's used of subjugating the inhabitants of the promised land. In Jeremiah 34.11, it's used of subjugating servants. Now, let's use the analogy of the earth and all of its resources being our servant. That means we can use them, but we don't want to destroy them. If you destroy your servant, you don't have a servant. I like to think of it as a horse. A rancher gets a horse, he has to subdue it to break it so it's usable, but he doesn't want to harm it. That has always been the biblical worldview. Always. Use the creation as your servant, but don't destroy it. What the environmentalists and the left are saying today is you can't even use it. That's what they're claiming, dear brothers and sisters. The Marxists and the pantheists in their worldview are saying that you are evil if you emit CO2 and if you use the natural resources of the country, excuse me, in the country that God has given you. Can you think, I've never thought that I would see a day where you would have citizens in a nation say that you can't use the resources within the nation that God has given. It, it, it makes us the laughing stock of history. And in so doing, as the left does that, they are becoming the lawgivers rather than God. You are a sinner if you emit CO2. And even if you are just living your life, breathing or heating your home, you can't help but emit CO2. And by the way, as they give that new law, there's no atonement for it. The only way to ease your conscience by emitting CO2 and through emitting CO2, the only way you can ease your conscience with the left is by buying carbon offsets 
and voting perpetually for Marxist candidates who will bring in environmentalism. That's the only way. There's never going to be atonement other than those things. That's the way of this new religion that's bringing us to Babylon. We are out of time for this edition of Critical Issues Commentary Radio. You can access this episode and many others as well as years worth of articles at the website cicministry.org. While you're there, click on contact and leave us a message. We would love to hear from you. We want to encourage you all to stand firm in one spirit with one mind and strive together for the faith of the gospel. For Critical Issues Commentary, this has been Jessica Kramus, and you've been hearing Pastor Eric Dauma. We'll see you next week.